Hello and welcome to the Carbitrage Podcast, episode 192. I am Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Zanetsky. Hi. Howdy. How are you doing? Got a beer in my hand, I'm doing all right. Uh, yeah, I hear you. It was definitely one of those weeks, but I'm glad we're... I also... At a Saturday. This goes live on Monday or Sunday? Uh, this episode, the first one, will go live on Sunday. Monday if I'm lazy, but usually Sunday. If you're lazy... I will have a Fiat by the time this goes Excellent. live. I'm very Otherwise, excited. I'll be getting a Fiat on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm pretty stoked. Yeah, I'm really excited. are awesome. I was I was taking a I was making a poo and um I <laughs> as one does. I just checked up again. And I'm like that that Fiat 500 turbo with the red interior. Mm-hmm. It's it was up two weeks later. Is that a dealership? So I'm like, how can I say no? So and it was at Maury's. I just wish Maury's would uh, uh, bargain. I wouldn't buy a car from a dealer that didn't dicker. Well, they didn't bargain, but they threw in a lot of other things, so. Well, what did they throw in? Uh, well, they gave me the true coat. <laughs> you gotta have that true coat. You don't get that at the factory. Especially on a, on a Fiat that doesn't rust. <clears throat> so. Which is already undercoated, yes. <laughs> but it's is more of a matter of principle. I know we talked about it last episode, but how many miles were on it? Uh, 60. Okay, that's pretty low. <laughs> <laughs> the one that you sent me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the, the one, one in Michigan. It looked nice and it was cheap, but it yeah. was but it was just one of those things where it was like I if this one that's actually why I was I reached out to Maury's because like if they said no, I was like get that one from Michigan. Sure. But God Maury's like they said yes, it has a red interior, which is like amazing. Red leather too. Yeah. And then it's a significantly upgraded I, package. I'd actually much rather have red any other material other than leather. It I looks really leather. good with the black exterior, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the way it looks. I just hate leather interiors. You'll be so, fine. If anybody has a red, not leather interior and wants to do a straight trade with money on your end, a I straight been... trade or a trade with money on your a end? A straight trade with money on your <laughs> end. <laughs> We're going to have well, to work on your terminology. I was originally right? going to say a straight trade. I'm like, actually, that's stupid as I was saying it. So I'm like, and money on your end. Yeah, <laughs> the only I think the only configuration I've seen. Do you know if that car has heated seats? I know for a fact it does not. And when I go That's in on Monday, to, when yeah. I go in on Monday to close on it, I might see how much they are to throw in. Uh, I really like heated seats. There's a place in Blaine I think that will do it for five hundred dollars. Yeah, I know. I, I think it's what it normally is, but if I can get it for cheaper. I've heard some issues of people not wanting to do it because there's an occupancy sensor in the passenger seat, but. I've seen people on the forums do it, and it does not hurt the occupancy sensor to get that hot. So don't much care. Jana sometimes triggers that. So, ah, actually, on my van, depending on what direction I'm I'm turning, just get a cheater. On my van, if I turn right, like very soon after I start the car, Mm -hmm. the occupancy sensor will not read her, and she will not have an airbag for the rest of the trip. My old gasser Fiat would pick up five frozen pizzas. So I think it, it actually works. Probably right. pick Good. up Janet. It's a very large uh, sensor mat. But I also I need to think of a name for the car and a vanity plate. So well, I wish you the best of luck with that. I can't really help right now because that was really kind of blindsiding. But yeah, I know we we need to think this over. Um, I'm Either way, thinking, I'm very excited. I'm thinking my <laughs> vanity plate is just gonna be wah wah Waluigi Waluigi. <laughs> <laughs> How do you spell that? W A H. And then the, the beautiful thing is, if that's taken, if my other ones will be W-A-H, W-A-H-H, W-A-H-H-H-H. Wow. But in like in the Mario Party, how do you spell Waluigi? W-A-L-U-I-G-I. So just W-A potentially. Well, it's W-A-H. That's how it's... If you yeah. actually... So if you turn the subtitles on... Which I do. On Smash... Not like on 
Smash Party, Waluigi. Smash Party. They should call it Smash Party. Oh, but it's Super Smash Brothers. Mar- it's Mario Party. Yeah, Mar- Su- no, Super Smash Brothers. Uh, and Mario Party. Actually, both of them. You okay. tell I I've did. only played Mario Party. So in both of them, if you turn the subtitles on, it actually spells Wa with an H. Okay. So it is with an H. So now you got to think of a name. Well, short list, um, Guido, uh, Cosmo Medici, and... Uh, Can the- you short it to Cosmo? Well, it would be just called Cosmo. I'm not going to say the whole name. Like, my van's name is Vanakin Skywalker. I, I just I call know. it Vanakin. Right. Um, but the Do other you name one, every car? Yes, every car. Every, okay. Even my parts cars. So <laughs> that, that Civic that you towed that had the front end knocked off, that is named Stephen Hawking. You had that car for... <laughs> Two weeks. Yeah. and yeah, no time. Yeah, and, and that car was named. It was named Stephen Hawking because it didn't work. <laughs> Here at uh, Carbitrage, we are very politically correct. Um, <laughs> the, wow. The other na- short name, sh- the other shortlist name of my Fiat would be Benito, as in Benito Mussolini. I, I definitely understood yes. that before you so. followed it up. Uh, one question I have: Is it the metallic black or is it the straight Nero? I have no idea. I think it's straight Nero. Okay, actually, it, from the guess Cosmo of, would be better if it's the metallic. That would black. be cool. Well, it's Cosimo. Oh, C O S I M O. I would be lazy and American and call it Cosmo. Cosmo. I mean. That'd be also a cool name. I, just, I need to think about something. I need something really good. So I'm after I go through my Italian history and come up with like a historical figure of somebody that I think's hilarious. Because like the Accord, I named uh, Boris Yeltsin because I always wrote flat out and got horrible fuel economy in it, and it didn't work all the time. <clears throat> and that's kind of how Boris Yeltsin was in real life. So all my car names are actually <laughs> like they actually have something to do with the car. So <laughs> I have no doubt that there is a significant amount of uh provenance or thinking behind it oh yeah like my <laughs> sorry my, sorry my crest Ooh. my crest is named uh sir david attenborough makes sense it's a grandpa car it's very it's prestigious it's smashing it, it's it's understated it's a good car it's a great name for that car <laughs> god well i'm looking forward to hearing about it uh, unfortunately we won't be telling the listeners about it until three weeks from now yes until but three weeks from now stay tuned yes um, but i might Put a picture on there. Yeah, go ahead. Carpetrage Facebook once oh. I get up. Hell, I might even own another Fiat 500 by then. So. We could all have Fiat. So we have a big old Fiat. Everyone party. should buy a Fiat 500. I know we have the new one on our, uh, we call it, collage thing. But collage buy of any pictures. of them. Yeah. yeah, just good cars. This yeah, is the, just this this is, good vehicles. This is our short list of cars you should buy. We should really change a couple of these to things you can actually get in the American market because right now it's only the Kazashi that's on that list. That's American. So the first gen G seventy six speed, the Supra, and what else? Well, the Supra's automatic, so it still won our twenty nineteen tie car yeah. of the year. I would say let's do maybe we should do like an original Fiat five hundred, not a not a um, right. not a Cinquecento, but a um, like a, the new Beetle, the, Fiat the new Beetle, yeah, <laughs> the the one I'm buying, <laughs> right, the two thousand eight to two thousand and. 17, 18? Wow. Yeah, yeah they made that car long of the... Long time. That, game, that car could literally buy a teen-rated video game. <laughs> like, that's a long time. It's hard to believe that, like, it was in production for five years before we got it. Yeah. And it's been here a long mm-hmm. time, and they have changed it just not at all. That's perfect. It's it, If you're going to mm-hmm. make a postmodern body style... Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to have to like put it into production for a really long time. Yeah, because the reason that they're doing that body style is because the original car was in production forever. And so. I wonder, like, I haven't, 
Scott was in Europe at the time when they came out, but mm-hmm. I want to know, like, did the the early, like, 1.2 cars, like, did they have, like, weird problems that had to be sorted in production that they just nailed when they finally put the second factory so, into production? Um Vizio Racer, actually, he was talking about some of the cooler, like, weirdo engines that they put in cars. The and Twin Air? Yeah, and there, he's talking about the Twin Arrow. He's like that was they, a much later engine. Okay, it's like because he said like those are like have been bulletproof reliable for everyone. Like no, I want to put one of those in an original five hundred. I think that'd be a perfect yeah. swap. That'd be a really, really, really good idea. I cannot get behind that anymore because that'd be just perfect. I think it's a multi-air engine still though, yes, which means you can't do it because the only thing that will run it is the factory computer because of how they operate the intake valves. No standalone can run them. Yeah, but they you can still swap it with a factory computer. You just put all the shit into it, right? I'm not sure if there's enough room in that car to put all the factory shit. Well, the battery's placed under the back seat. I think the back seat lifts up, like on a Beetle. Mm-hmm. So you can probably put some shit under there. It would be cool. That'd be really rad. A, a be... twin air power. It'd be so fast, too. They're 100 horsepower. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> insane. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, so the... Uh, yeah, we'll have just a big old Fiat party. Excellent. It'll be great. It's been a while since I've had a 500, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, anyway, more. moving into episode stuff. Uh, first off, beer. Patreon. Yes, beer and Patreon. Yeah, yes. I'm going to do beer first because I, I am a sucker to routine, and that is how it's written. Third Street Brewers. Uh, Minnesota Gold. Gotta love it. It's a good beer. I brought some of that with to Michigan, too, and it was good. Uh, I'm drinking a Liftbridge Farm Grill because it's not really warm or nice outside, but this is the most breakfasty beer I had, and I started drinking before noon. I do need to apologize for you, uh, because I, w- I brought you a, um, I was going to bring you a Trader Joe's, Trader Jose. Trader's Joe. Trader Jose. Trader's Jose. Trader's Jose. Wow. Dark Lager. <laughs> That's what it's called. <laughs> Trader's Jose Dark Lager. It's actually a Ooh. really, it's a really, really, really good, uh, if you like Mexican lagers. I like, don't know if I do. You probably know. You, you've had it before. Yes, you do. Uh, like Ladonia. Service uh, yeah, that, mm-hmm. that it's the same yeah. thing as that. It's like a cheaper version of that. Um, really, really, really good. It is totally on par with their uh, three buck chuck. Or oh, nice two They're, buck chuck if you're Californian. Yeah, or it depends on how old too. Yeah, it used to be two here. Um, I want to talk about Minnesota beers in just a sec, but Patreon.com forward slash Carbitrage on this particular website web page rather, you will find our custom crafted beautiful direct support method site for content consumers like you to support content producers like us. On there, you'll find two open-ended levels of support. They are all monthly, and they basically just help us buy beer. Patreon.com forward slash Carbitrage. Thank you. We love you. Uh, okay, so I want to mix the Minnesota beer thing, using it as a segue into my first topic. So okay. I went to Michigan, the, yes. the little crevice of the glove in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bay City is the, is, the, is the actual location. I started off my drive on a Thursday morning at mm-hmm. 2 a.m., drove the Tesla. I'm like, well, it's going to take a lot longer, but autopilot and free fuel. So yeah. ended up doing that. I am a little bit disappointed in the charge speed at superchargers with my car at this point and the fact that i i started when it was like 30 degrees outside okay. also my car didn't charge properly overnight it blew a breaker two minutes into charging and it didn't tell me so i started the morning with a dead cold battery so added an hour to my trip just sleeping at the maplewood supercharger <laughs> anyway neither here nor Perfect. there <laughs> i it was fine i ended up stopping seven times each way which sounds like a lot but it was an Almost, well, 
almost 800 miles. Yeah, that makes sense. So, so, well, how much time did that take you, that trip? Uh, it took me, well, I, I skipped a time zone in the middle of that, so it's harder to say, but it took about 15 hours. About 15 hours both ways? Each way. Each way. Wow. To go, to go about 800 miles. So bananas. It, it added it added four or five hours to my trip easily. Would you say probably five? Would you more. would you say that that trip was um, more comfortable in the Tesla than it would have been in an equivalent fuel and uh, yes. gas or car? I hate stopping on road trips more than almost anyone else you will ever meet, and it actually yeah, contributes to like my road trip anxiety, which I get between sixty and eighty percent of the way to wherever I'm going all yeah. the time. I get like I know really you're really bad. bad about that. Yeah, really bad. <clears throat> so anyway, right as I entered Michigan, I'm like, woo! <laughs> so I had the car to do the rest of the work, and I, I truthfully had autopilot on probably 95 percent of this trip. So it was really, really great. And I would still probably take the Tesla again because it was that much better. Because autopilot is that good on road trips. That's th- there you go. Because that that's like that's the real question. Is it's not like hey, is this better for normal driving because we already know the answer to that the question is your ev you have to charge it more than your fuel car but is that better and well it sounds like yes it is um had i taken mark's car it would have been perfect because his car charges almost twice as fast yeah. as mine does he still has autopilot and it's still lifetime free supercharging but yours so, is the one that people would actually be able to afford right and my car is, I will call it adequate. It is yes. barely adequate for that trip because in the cold weather, it can do about 130 miles between superchargers easily. Hmm. So that's like 80% to 5% state of yeah. charge with the heat on going at interstate speeds. But if you had a bigger capacity car, your threshold to get that same 130 miles mm-hmm. is a lot lower in the battery capacity so, like, my car charges really fast, up to about 50%, and then it starts crawling. So, so um, on, like, the, on the BMW i3, mm-hmm. they have that range extender mm-hmm. on it. Do you think that would have that would be a reasonable road trip car with the range extender? The Rex limits you to 53 miles an hour when it's on, so probably not. Oh, my God, not. no. Yeah, no, and they don't have a heat pump, so the non-Rex cars nope. are, are better. But if you had the latest one, which is a 42-kilowatt-hour car, they do have DC fast charging. So you, okay. you could – they're very efficient. So you probably could have done this trip with CCS chargers in an i3 long range, but you would have stopped at every CCS charger that there was. Ugh. That would have been awful. If you did the same route all the time, you'd be fine. But, like, props to Tesla. Their infrastructure is a known really quantity, yeah. and it always works, and it's there – um, the Chicago supercharger was great. It had like 25 where, where stalls, 7-Eleven. Where, where, O'Hare. I mean, where, oh, O'Hare, okay. Yeah, but it was a huge just like concrete abyss, but it I was, was say, if at you, a 7-Eleven. If you, um, you should see if next time you go through Chicago, see if the Lincoln Park Whole Foods has a supercharger at it. Dude, there are so many in Chicago. I just need to tell you about the Lincoln Park <laughs> Whole Foods. If you've ever been to it, have you, you've never been to it. I don't right. even know if I've been to Lincoln Park. So Lincoln Park's like in the north side of Chicago. I know it's in the good it, area. It's, yeah, it's over by like Wrigleyville. It's just just south of Wrigley or west of uh, Wrigleyville. Um, it is a two-story grocery store. Mm-hmm. It's got two bars in it, three restaurants, and an arcade and a coffee shop. Hell yeah, you had me at arcade. It is. Awesome. Like, it is, every time we go to Chicago, like, I've been lamenting 
that I haven't gone to Chicago lately. And actually, that's one thing. It is a fun place to spend a day. That's like one of the things I was most bummed about with uh, Whole Foods is I couldn't go to the Lincoln Park Whole Foods. <laughs> or not Whole Foods, though, with COVID. Is I couldn't go <laughs> I to the. I kind of figured, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I couldn't go to the Lincoln Park Whole Foods because it's just like, it's fantastic. All of their beers are craft beers. Like, they don't have like Budweiser or Miller or anything. Their bars. Each one service, they just service the local breweries that they get liquor from. Mm -hmm. And then since they don't have liquor laws like we have in Minnesota, you can just get beer, like in the aisle. It's like, hey, you're in the pasta aisle? Look at this red. Sample (laughs) this beer. Yeah. Okay, don't mind if I do. Probably sells more food. They also, also, they have a cheese bar, which you know how I feel about Uh, cheese. I do, yes. Yeah. So they have a bar of just (laughs) cheese. You like cheese as much as Modi and Jada do. Seriously, I love cheese like I, I every time i go to whole foods i go and i get the little one dollar thing so i can try different cheeses it's amazing all right enough about cheese no worries um so anyway i wanted to use this as a segue for beer because the the guy i visited or was planning to visit rather wanted beer i'm okay. like okay cool i'm gonna go get you a bunch of minnesota beers stuff so you, you cannot buy so i ended up getting predominantly sampler packs from mm-hmm. Liftbridge, summit tin whiskers Sandwiches is a good one. Uh, and Lithbridge as well. Summit can... And then I got packs of... Well, here's where the story gets interesting. The only beers they really wanted to seek out were in the Summit pack. That's the only ones they knew about, I guess. No, they didn't know about any of them. So they, they were the some of the last beers they tried because they were... The, the stuff in the cardboard box. So like, yeah, I'll drink that later. But it was their dark brown lager or something. Okay. They're yeah. like, I would you need to mail me more of this because it's that good. I'm like, well, Summit is the oldest microbrewer in, in Minnesota, so I mean, it makes sense that they would have a good beer. That's good. I'm glad somebody likes Summit. My man. Um, but anyway, I got into Michigan on this trip. I was, I think, two charge stops from the end <laughs> just as I was pulling in. He notifies me that his shopmate's wife just tested positive for Wonderful. coronavirus. Wonderful. I'm like, Awesome. Great. Yeah, we had a conversation about oh, this. Oh, I know. Yeah. I messaged half the people I know. I'm just like, what would you do in this situation? And then almost everyone's just like, go home. Yeah. So, <laughs> at which point, our friend Peter Francis, he bought me a freaking hotel room in the destination Dude, city shout, across from the Shout out to Peter for literally being the best person in he, the world. He's the best troll ever. But like, He's he's an amazing <laughs> human being. He, he follows through, I'll say that. <laughs> like, that dude is... I've I've had two friends that started looking for houses in the last week, and, yeah. I, and I'm like, just trust me, this guy's like, I, I tell him, like, this guy is literally the best person ever. He's the biggest troll, and also, like, Mr. Rogers nice. Like, he's like, yeah. he, like he's like the nicest person, but when I say if that... If you I mean, want like, a stranger to trust implicitly, Peter Francis is your yeah, guy. Yeah, like, he's one of those people where it's like, you, it, you almost don't like believe it's real like this isn't a real thing like you need like other people to, if like, i'm in a verify. coma just when i met peter francis i'm still in this coma yeah like i'm I'm like like if i met peter francis just on like on a random tuesday i'm like this guy's trying to sell me something like this guy nobody's this nice what the hell except i actually know him as a person <laughs> like this is actually just how he is like he's literally the nicest guy i think i met him on the original polar run it's like 
just is a weird guy. He's just unbelievably nice. He it's... is. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I ended up dropping off all my K-Series swap stuff uh, with my buddy Jake out there at Classic Daily. Mm-hmm. And I stayed in this hotel for like four hours that I was awake and then <laughs> headed home. But it was really nice to take a shower just to wash the road trip filth off and then head home. So I ended up driving... I put essentially 2,000 miles on the Tesla in about three days. Wow, you should do an oil change. Oh. I, I, I actually, it's on my list to do the drive unit oil changes yeah, so because, I mean, it's got 80, almost 84,000 miles on it now. So it'd be, it should be due for about the second one. I'd say every 40 for any fluid uh, other than engine oil. There's a lot there and they're filtered. So I think the spec is 100K on those and I think it's probably okay. It's okay. just a reduction gear. But yeah, my plan is to change it because I'd like them to last forever. That would be cool. Um, and I participated in their live streams of doing this swap mount stuff after the fact, so that actually worked pretty well oh, cool. uh, via Skype. But they've got the first set of K-Series E10 mounts done. Dope. Um, they're just going to jig them up, powder coat them, and send them to me. Oh, perfect. Well, the powder coating will cook off any coronavirus that's potentially still on there. So yeah, it turns and out they they got tested, I think, the day that I showed up, and their test came in since, and they are both negative, so it would have oh, been fine. Good. But yeah. I'm not taking that chance. Yeah, that's one of those things where it's like, so, I was actually having this conversation with some of my friends from the Stinky Nugget Meat. And, um, <laughs> sorry, sorry, listeners. <laughs> but I, uh, I almost spit my beer out. So, But uh, we were talking about how like, oh, one of my friends, he got coronavirus, and it was like, no big deal. And he's like a bigger dude. He's kind of chunky. He's got diabetes. Like, he's the sort of person that coronavirus should theoretically kill. He was fine. He had, like, was a little wheezy for a couple of days. But then our buddy of mine, uh, Chris from Back to the 80s, was, like, put in the hospital over, and he's a bodybuilder. It's just, like, it, you don't know how it's going to affect you, right. and that's not a D, that's not a D20 role I'm willing to take. No. Like, no, especially, like, my, my parents are 68 and 70 now, and my mom had cancer last year and stuff like that. I'm just not taking any risks. Yeah, well, it's the same thing with my parents. So like, Well, it's, like, to be honest, my dad's, like, he's an old hippie, so he's done enough drugs and stuff in his life he probably will be fine (laughs) what is this a new kind of acid yeah like so it's 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 like i'm not terribly worried about my parents but still those things where it's like on the the off chance like it's just like i said it's not an ability check i'm willing to take so pretty much so that's that's enough of that i'll keep you guys up to date on the uh the k-series swap stuff as it becomes uh, a little bit more real Probably sometime in the spring. We're working on steering uh, track rods right now because they don't clear properly. Oh, but, weird. All right. Um, but well, once that's sorted, I have two options that I'll just do. Like, he wants it to be, you know, just like, I can sell this to anyone and they're not going to complain about it. Like, Yeah. Like, well, and that's the thing. Is like He wants to do, like, the half-sport mount where it's like the mount works perfect every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it does. They fit really nice and they should bolt into any E10. But the problem is we run a much more modern BMW transmission that's bigger. Yeah. So, so the track rod, it. you either need to cut into the bell housing of the transmission, which I'd probably do. It doesn't matter. But that's the thing. is like half-sport, you don't have to do that with right. their mounts. So like but the alternative... Just, yeah is you can run a later 5 series track rod which dips down under the transmission beautifully there you go. but the ball joint studs are shorter so they don't fit through the pitman arm in the steering box so That's... you'd have to trim that down which like I again I'm fine with but it's it would nice. be nice if you didn't have to yeah that's one of those things well it's one of those things where it's not that big of a deal at first glance right but like if you actually look at it through a consumer perspective like you and I could totally like if say Hasport required me to cut a part of my Civic out mm-hmm. to do an engine swap, 
then yeah, yeah. that's not a problem. Cut a half like, inch I can, off this I can thingy. Do that. Okay, sure. But for like Joe Schmo, who mm-hmm. like lives with his mom, like he's not gonna right. do that. Like no. he's trying to get this engine swap done like in a weekend, so his mom doesn't yell at him. Yep. Like, he's not trying to cut stuff. So, like I understand where he's coming from with that. Yeah. And even with like Hasport, like you have to smash in the frame rail on EFs when you run anything other than a B16 on them, <laughs> and that's why they call it an EF B16 oh. mount. Not a B series mount. It's just for the B sixteen because that's the one that's guaranteed to work with. Fun fact. Great. <laughs> um, well, you just don't want to have a bunch of trash laying around. No. Speaking I of trash mm-hmm. and EVs. Oh, great! In the Netherlands, <laughs> they made an EV out of trash. It's called the Luca. It's, okay, let me open this up. Here. It's actually really cool. It's really endearing. Oh, nice. Yeah. So they made a uh, EV. In the Netherlands, um, this is from the uh, Technical University of Eindhoven. Um, I cannot pronounce anybody in this team's name because they're all Dutch, and the Dutch have the worst language in the world. They do. But what they did is uh, the person's name is Matthias Van Wilk, and there's a bunch of silent J's. Yeah. There's, oh, God, the I's and J's next to each other. God. This is why Germany keeps invading them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but... What's cool about this car is it's an EV. It's made out of trash, and it looks great. Like it's actually a cool looking kind of sporty EV. It's, yeah, it's got like ni- early '90s Grand Am style wheels on it, and it, it, it looks like a smart roadster headlight. Yeah, like it, it reminds <laughs> it reminds me of like the kind of the concept car, like kind of golden era of mm-hmm. the late '90s. Mm-hmm, yeah, and that's what that's what this car really looks like. And uh, these this is made by a bunch of college students have never made a car before. They had no idea what they were doing. And they actually did a pretty cool job. It is electronically limited to 55 miles an hour right now. Um, but that's because... Is that in, just to preserve the battery or because no, it's kind of sketchy? No, it's because... in the Well, or actually, no. It, it can totally do whatever like you want. Like It can go way faster. But in the Netherlands, to actually make this, you have to... And to be able to drive it on the road for testing, it has to be limited to 55 miles an hour. Okay. So what they're actually doing right now is they're working... Like The car drives beautifully at 55 and they're actually working on getting it crash tested and safety tested and everything that doesn't for... look like it would pass a crash test no but is in europe you have limited production number okay. uh, safety regulations that are different from normal cars and that's what they're going to try and do this under but the ultimate goal if they can would be really cool is if they could actually put this in a production mm-hmm. but what's really cool is so like the chassis itself like the chassis the, all the body panels are bolted onto mm-hmm. is made out of PET bottles, so like plastic water bottles and flax seeds. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's pretty cool, actually. Um, <laughs> the body is made out of recycled ABS plastic, which is like hmm. your normal plastic from like body panels on cars. And well, stuff yeah, like that. pretty much anything. That's a, that's Consumer people, waste, yeah. That, that's what people know know it from. Um, not all, anti-lock brakes. Yeah, not anti-lock brakes, yes. I need another um, beer, sorry. But the like all the wiring and stuff that's all made from recycled wiring from old electronics, so you have like recyclable sheathing on it. I imagine they probably just resheathed like Mercedes wiring that was the biodegradable stuff where all the plastic came off, so you just had perfectly good copper wires that had nothing over it. <laughs> I was gonna say you're probably just like reusing old w two o two chassis yeah. harnesses um. But, yeah, so it's actually, it's really rad. Um, it looks way cooler than has any business looking. And their reason was they wanted to make uh, sustainable EVs sexy. And I think they did a pretty good job being a bunch of 20-year-olds that have never driven a car or... It looks a lot on. better than, like, a G-Wiz. 
Yeah, like th- this could have looked terrible. Like I honestly actually like this car a lot. Like it's really cool. And they named it Luca because Luca is an Italian name, an Italian you know car is sexy, Ferrari stuff and stuff like that. It's a cute name. Ah, so it's a good name for the car. Um, big brain. good looking car. I am really hoping that they can actually get this approved for like production because I think that'd be a really cool way. I mean, I, I think their idea with making like sustainable EVs sexy, mm-hmm. that's the way you should go about it because nobody cared about electric cars until the Tesla Roadster. Pretty, mu- pretty much. Yeah, is yeah. You have to have a sexy car. You need to have a halo car that makes people want it because from the Tesla Roadster people get the Tesla Model S. Because if they made just the Tesla Model S, nobody would have cared. Well, even the Leaf, which came two years after the Tesla Roadster, was a mainstream yeah. EV. Like, it sold really well, but, but that, it wasn't mainstream appeal. And that, and well, not, it not only, sexy. Not only that, it, it wasn't mainstream appeal. And also, a lot of the people, a lot of that stigma was broken down by the sexy cool car. And mm-hmm. if this can be the sexy cool car, like, if they can take this out, you know, like, I don't know, it's like a Nürburgring lap time or something. Or, like, out accelerate something cool with a kind of cool-looking car that's affordable. <laughs> like, that's what you got to do. Like, and I'm not talking, like, you don't have to, like, beat the SQ8 or something at no, the track. No, but I bet this would do a decent lap time if they delimited it. I think if they... Delimited it. Yeah, if you delimit it and you put a good driver in it, and if you can get, like, a sub-nine-minute lap time. I doubt this would oh, be sub-ten sub sub minutes. Sorry. A nine-minute range. A ten-minute lap yeah. is still pretty quick. That's very quick. Yeah, that's a, that's more than normal people can do. More than a van. It's more than a van, yes. <laughs> so if you can um, if you can do that with just this car, and like it's, if, if they can market this in like the $25,000 or less range. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, easy. It looks yeah. like. I mean, it, it has a 100-mile range, and this thing can't weigh much. No. I would like to know about its batteries, like if it had like recycled batteries in it and stuff like that, and like old Every, motors. Everything on the car was recycled. There was not anything that was that was actually made specific for this car. So like, even those wheels are probably from something else. Grand Am. Yeah. No. Just no, it, was, it looks similar. Yeah. It, actually, I, remember, I think I remember those wheels from Gran Turismo. I think it was actually from like a Fiat. But anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe you're right. I do remember putting those on cars. And oh, man. Gran what Turismo. a great soundtrack. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I think it's really cool. They did it entirely from old crap. <laughs> basically thank you the dutch yeah <laughs> thank you dutch people you're fantastic the yeah, university of idaho making the coolest ev of 2020 i yeah that might be true i mean we're almost done with 2020 so we can say that pretty conclusively. yeah I, I i think i can say that like with honesty like obviously the car is not perfect yet but again like i said it's a concept if you see most concept cars they look like a butthole so this look, this one looks great by comparison. I don't see a lot of buttholes, but I do see a lot of concept cars. So, and a lot of them when you look at them up close, they look like a butt. Like, they're terrible. Yeah, <laughs> like they are all like those SEMA cars. They're just like oh, screws oh, holding no. it together. <laughs> oh, I was uh, I think I was scrolling through Facebook the other day and I saw, I think it was unpopular car panties or something. But a guy just posted an album with no caption and it was walking through like a hot import nights show kind of thing. <laughs> and he took a picture of nothing but just the flaws in yeah. these cars. <laughs> I'm just like, this is awesome. Oh, so I'm glad people still have a sense of humor. Um, anyway, I want to talk about a, well, it's called an all new car, but I'm going to go ahead and call it an aggressive facelift. I wasn't That's even a new sure. Car. It it's is a new car. It's, uh, it looks like a facelift. All the, the, Roof line and the glass looks the same, but the Toyobaru GT BR86ZF, 
got a second generation. We yeah. weren't even sure if it was going to get a second gen, but they've done it and they've fixed, I think, all the grievances that people had, which wasn't many, mainly smooth out the torque dip. Yep. Add a little bit more power. Yeah. And then making a Miata, like pretty much, it's still a more practical Miata because it's a four seater. It's a four seater Miata. Yeah. Well, we'll call it a two plus two, I guess. But it's a four seater. I, I actually kind of like the styling. Well, remember when we first saw that one uh, photo I talked about a couple a while back, and we took a BMW two series. <clears throat> I'm so happy that yes. they changed the rest of the car. Yeah. No, this this styling it has it's a lot of Toyota influence over Subaru, but yeah. it looks it looks really good, especially the rear end. Which I, I, I also I really want to talk about. Yeah, there we go. Mm-hmm. That looks really good. And it's got like uh, almost N- second gen NSX taillights. I mean, it's really cool. I also like that it's got the uh, little duck bill that they put on the Supra. Mm-hmm. That's on this. That that looks really good. That's gonna look really good next to each other in a yep. dealership. Um, also, I want to talk about the uh, front end being as low as it is. It looks great. Like. Mm-hmm. That looks really, really good for being oh, such an aggressive front end. That's uh, fine. You're the clicky trackpad. Th- I hate this thing. But I mean, the the car looks great. I mean, people complain about not being fast. Um, the only people that it's do fast. The only the people, the fast. only people that complain about that is gonna say are, are people like that Camaro can't. Owners. No, they're people that can't afford it. Or Camaro owners. No, it, it this car is like a Honda Civic, where nobody has actually driven one. Ah. complains about it yeah. like everybody drives one goes this is great remember in 2012 when we got all the chris harris reviews and all that yeah. top gear everyone adored the brz gt86 yeah, it was great like so it's a great car like literally the only things that were issues was the weird torque dip yeah. which you can solve with tuning and the power but even the power like it wasn't really a problem yeah no it's really not like because they give you shit tires on it so yeah it was, so it was fun it, it 100%. Was, well, just go balls out. Uh, Jeremy Clarks has said he who comes last will be smiling and driving sideways. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's exactly what this car is for. It's, it's a fun car. It's not made to be fast. Like, And that's the thing. I am, is so, still fast. I am so sick of everybody being like, well, it's not that fast. It doesn't do the good thing on the Nürburgring. It doesn't have a My V6 Camaro does 5.4 do the 50. So listen, this is the thing. If you want a car that's fast in the Nürburgring, you buy a crossover because apparently an Audi SQ8 is faster than, than this. But I guarantee you, you will have more fun in this car than you would ever have in an SQ8. Yeah, and you're going to go back up for a second lap on purpose. Yeah. And you're gonna, it's gonna make you a better driver. They got the SQ8. They're gonna continuously run a time that is faster than this and is drastically worse than its record time because they drive an SQ8 and they can't. They're too afraid to make it go faster. This one costs a quarter of the price, probably. Probably of an SQ8, and it's probably and, a quarter of the curb weight too. And it's a quarter of the curb weight, and it makes you a better driver because yes. you can't just rely on this on the like mile long <laughs> straightaway of the Nurburgring to like get you to a fast lap time i would like to uh, you probably know the answer to this but um the the two four so the mm-hmm. new revision of the engine does that still have the same integral oil pump thing as yes the... it probably does okay but like uh, this is the part i want to talk about the most because like you are gaining 13 percent more power that's great 20 percent more torque with this engine the 228 horsepower is not bad no, and it has it's up to 184 foot pounds of torque, and that's up from 156. Yeah, that's that huge. Is more than 30 foot pounds up, so this is it's going to be plenty. Um, I don't well, know. I'm excited, but the, I still think this is a refresh. Remember the old car, the torque 
peaked like over like super high RPM. Yeah. So, but it also revved up really high for a boxer. Yeah. Seventy five hundred RPM. So, and another thing, another thing that really gets me about these cars when people complain about it, mm-hmm. um, is it's a Subaru. This is the easiest car in the world to swap engines on. Mm-hmm. Like, you can put any engine you want from any Subaru into it, and because any engine from any Subaru works. That means that there's a swap kit to put an LS into an STI from the mid 2000s, mm-hmm. which will work on this. Mm-hmm. So you can just put an LS into it if you're really complaining. Everyone about it. throws a 2J in these. Yeah, you can put a 2J. You can, you can put still an LS, do that you if you want. Whatever you want, you can put whatever you want. You can put an F20C into it. You can put whatever you want into K-series. it. K series. K series. Yeah, you can do literally any engine swap you want on it. What they're giving you is a platform to enjoy, mm-hmm. and also. This car has a strong belt line on it, and I love that. Is no, it's because the belt line is from 2012. I love that. The roof line. and the belt line, the muffler, it is all original BRZ, which is fine because it's a good car. Yeah. But yeah, this is perfect because it gives you something you can finance and drive very happily for four years. Then the oil pump shits out, and you throw an LS in it. Exact. Or, yeah, or if you are weird, or if you get a good deal on it, you can put an SGI engine into it. You could, but don't do that. Yeah, don't. Do Although that. the new STI engine would be even an easier I bolt in. Don't trust it. <clears throat> I don't either because it's in the ascent. No, it, it's an STI engine that Subaru designed less than thirty years ago. So I will take EJ over the new engine any day for the next thirty years until they figure out that engine and it is then more reliable than a very late model EJ. <laughs> Because it takes them 30 years to figure out how to build an engine. I will say, like, the final year EJ25 is probably a pretty good engine. Yeah, like, that's the thing with Subaru. is like, I was a Subaru enthusiast for a few years, and I very quickly realized that Subaru, their new engines always suck. If you ever look at anything that they've ever made, the first, like, 10 years are very problematic. And they have another 10 years of kind of problematic, but you can live with it. But Subaru's honestly doing really well trying to make it better. And then they finally figure it out. And then they discontinue it and make something new. They should have put the Toyota three-cylinder turbo in this. That would have been absolutely smashing. Because it would have made awesome noises. It's more powerful. Yeah. And that would have been, maybe it would have been more economical, but that it would have been, been great. It would have run forever. Which also, cool. you would also have been great is if they did that and if it didn't fit, if they just like tilted it over. Because I love when, when companies three. just slant engines over to make them fit. <laughs> like the uh, Hillman Imp mm-hmm. is just a Mini Cooper engine that's like 90 degrees flat. Probably like, it's has hilarious. tons of oiling and bore oh, issues. No, it, it, yeah, they never worked like ever because, yeah, exactly. They had huge oiling issues. But I think it's just hilarious that they did that. <laughs> and like all they did is reshape the oil pan. It's the same oil pump and everything, but like it also burnt oil. It's just like it was like meant to explode. <laughs> I picture that being like a pressurized oil system for the mini, and they turned it into a slinger <laughs> for the imp. <laughs> it's literally what it was. Like, <laughs> uh, but anyway, I'm excited for this. I, it's manual transmission uh, by modern standards. It's lightweight. It's 2,900 pounds. And I'd say anything. It's a good car. Anything that comes in under three, I'm fine with. If your car makes over 200 horsepower and you're under 3,000 pounds, you're fine. I would gladly daily one of these. Because this is the thing the Cressida is 3,200 pounds, if I'm not mistaken. And that's 200 horsepower, and that's honestly a fun car to drive. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're under, if you make under 200 horsepower, you really want to make sure your car is below 2,500 pounds to be fun to drive. I'm trying to 
think. Because the Fiat 500 is like right around there, and that's how it makes it fun to drive. Fiat 500 is 2350. The T is about 130 pounds heavier, and the Abarth is about 150 pounds heavier than mm. that even. But um, they're all they're all under 2500 though. Uh, the Abarth is not. Is that? Well, I guess it's like 2515. Yeah, it's yeah. it's in the 25s. The the E is 2950. But that also has awesome. all of the torque in the world. So I drove it to York yesterday, and I'm like, God, these are fun. <laughs> you, you drove a 500E? Yeah, I have Nick's 500E. Oh, you have Nick's now. Oh, yeah, yeah I uh, Corey's been driving it to work to see if it will work for his commute. Um, but it doesn't sound like he's interested in how it drives, which is strange. Corey? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, I don't know. But it's on winter tires. I'm like, well, yeah, I get that. But a curvy blast. Also, you know what? He's also got the 500e mushy, gushy suspension as well. No, it's got uh, Madness 500e yeah. specific okay. lowering springs, and it's got conies on it. What so the hell? It was lowered better than my car, but I don't Why think. Why is Corey like this? I don't know. What's wrong with him? I'm probably gonna buy it either way. I'm gonna yeah. just lowball the pants off of Nick, but like, like, sure, I'll pay you X amount of dollars for a spare car. Yeah, that makes sense. So uh, the Burr's FTGT80B86, good. Thank you for bringing another one. We like it. Yeah, we like that. Um, speaking of such, Toyota actually uh, is making another good decision. Okay. And they have gone out of their way, at least uh, Gazoo Racing of Australia has gone out of their way, to fix a man's terrible decision. What, so, is it, what has this man done? Well, you remember how the 2000 GT only recently has become a million-dollar car? Uh, for a long time, yeah. it was kind of a forgettable Japanese. We'll say like, 10 years. Yeah, but I mean like 20 years ago. Yeah. No, yeah, you could, oh, no, you could, you could pick was. one up cheap. Yeah. So, anyway, about 25 years ago, somebody decided to take a 2000 GT that had a problem with its inline six and make a bad decision. Okay. They ruined it. And they put they, an LS in it? No. Or wait, no, 25 they, put a, they put a Rover V8 into it and a four-speed manual. Why? Because something had happened to the six-cylinder. But don't <clears throat> worry not, as Gazoo Racing has bought this car from that terrible person, and I assume imprisoned him, um, <laughs> and they are now restoring the car properly with wow. the correct parts. So Do I'm, they have just a spare engine kicking around? No, they're spending a lot of money to do this. But, like, this so is they're going to make a new old... No, they'll probably get another one. Like, I'm... They'll find one, but there's like, it's a lot of rust on it. It's not great, but I mean, it's also a 2000 GT. Like, it's worth it. Yeah, it's worth it. It's a 2000 GT. Um, so yeah, they actually like, hot bathed it, like wow. bake off all the crap on it. Um, oh wow. Yeah, like they took off all the paint, got down Look to the Look how many different colors that car has been. It's silver. It was red. red. There's some brown in there. Looks yeah. like it was originally red though. I think it was originally red. Yeah. Wow. Somebody really ruined this car. Yeah. Wow. That's a terror. Oh, wow. Nice. Oh, yeah, I, I would just drive it like that, honestly. <laughs> I, I really like a good patina, an original patina on a car. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's literally owned by Toyota. That's so it's like. The same reason I don't plan on ever even washing my 1600 when I get it running. Just going to leave it like yeah, that. Just li- it, it, your 1600 looks perfect the way it is. If you can clear coat over it, that'd be perfect. Oh, God. <laughs> no, I'm not going to touch it. Um, but yeah, so. It, they, they talk about this being a Bond car. I mean, yeah, sure, whatever. But um, yeah, it's just it's known for being a very good, like the Japanese supercar, and it was entirely on par with Ferraris of the era. Because I mean, 
I just love those shrouded headlights. The, yeah, it's it's got or the fog lights. Those are fog lights, <laughs> and then those pop up headlights. It's amazing. It's a great car. Um, so I'm really happy that Toyota's uh, fixing one man's mistakes, and they're making it properly good again. Um, you know, it's designed by Yamaha, so I don't know why some fool would ever have done that. Um, I I really cannot say enough that I hope that the person that put this V8 into it is in prison right now. Well, I mean, because you know he just he threw away the inline six, which probably had only minor issues. Yeah, it probably needed like a carburetor <clears throat> tune or something, or like a valve job or something that wasn't. Maybe it needed hours. like bearings, but Wait, it was totally fixable. That's like throwing away a BMW S14 in the '90s because you couldn't find a timing chain guide. Yeah, seriously. Like now, you're just taking a big L on it. So uh, I hope that they gave this man no money for this car. I hope he got like maybe eighty thousand dollars for it. Because he oh, deserves. Man. I love how this thing robbed. Looked. Yeah. When I, wow. They showed the picture of the garage where it was. That's not great. That's disgusting. It was definitely red. <laughs> originally. Was very red. Wow. Also, this is in Australia, so that I imagine I put it in the hot bath to get rid of spiders. I would. Yeah, I would put it in the hot bath. Whoa, that's pretty rusty. Yeah, there's a lot of rust on it. Wow. Toyota's this hair rusted very badly. That's why I didn't buy that Corona. Oh. I might still, if that guy takes my mega lowball on a Corona, I'll buy a Corona. But. I know all about mega lowball ownership of cars. But yeah, that's uh, this, that, that's about how rusty that Corona huh. is. It's pretty bad. But I'm happy to see that this uh, 2000 GT is getting fixed properly, and I like seeing a V8 taken out of a car and mm-hmm. the correct engine being put in. Mm-hmm. It should happen more often. <laughs> Coming from somebody who plans to put a V8 in a six-cylinder car. And a four-cylinder car. The Subaru. Oh, well, yeah. Trig talked me into putting an LS into it. So, Actually, I have a lead on something that might have uh, XT6 uh, hubs, so I can not die when I step on the brakes. Um, XT6 hubs let you put bigger brakes on it, or what? XT6, the Subaru XT6 actually shared all of its suspension with the STI moving forward. Oh. This is why I like Subarus. Like, as much as they're a dumb brand, why I like them, because everything just kind of bolts together. Mm-hmm. The XT6 hubs, everything bolts together from an STI. All I have to do is get 1994, I think, specific upper strut mounts for the front, and that's literally the only difference. Everything ah. else just works. And, like, the rear struts you just use from a Miata. But, like, <laughs> everything else from this car, like, that's – if I can get these XT6 struts – or, uh, sorry, hubs – um, the XT6 hubs will unlock the world for me, and then I can suddenly put an LS with a Ford 88 into the back of the Subaru, and then make it the dumbest car you have ever seen at Grove Creek. <laughs> that would be very cool, actually, especially if it was still all-wheel drive. Oh, uh, it would be rear-wheel drive, and it would just—I'd light the tires up the whole way down the track. Well, yeah, especially if you ran the stock wheels. <laughs> But you probably couldn't if you were running bigger brakes. No, because the XT6 uses a 5x100 hub. Oh, okay. So, but I could, I would still, I guarantee you, find like a 14x6 wheel. That's just a 14x5.5 wheel. It's just worthless. You're going to be shopping for all of the 14-inch wheels. Yeah, I will have all the dumb 14-inch wheels. I'll have three <laughs> sets of them just so like every time I leave a stoplight out, burn off the tire, I can just put another set of wheels on. <laughs> put a converter in it so it's like, well, every time. Every time it engages, I lose traction. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Whoops. All, All right. right, what do I got next? Oh, wow, another Toyota thing. Wow, this is a Toyota. Um, 
and this is a Toyota we're episode. actually talking about Toyota. We should call this a Toyota special, this episode, because we've spent the entire episode talking about Toyota. Oh, that was you, not me. Okay, good. Uh, so, we talked about how Toyota's awesome in buying back uh, 2000 GT that somebody had molested, but yes. I want to talk about the new stuff that they're doing on purpose on their own, Yeah. and that is the GR Yaris, which... Can we just talk about how a company that eight years ago didn't make any product that I would even look at on the road, and now they make the most aspirational production vehicle in the world? This is, this is how Toyota works. We have to understand this. Think about this. Toyota, 1968. Mm-hmm. Think about what they make compared to everything else in 1968. 2000 GT? Well, yeah, but you didn't know about that in America. Um, I just think about like, the Corona. Very cool car in hindsight, but... In the era, I can understand why people weren't buying it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you think about Toyota in 1980, yeah, yeah, it's the same amount of time really between Toyota in 2008 and Toyota now, and you can see the difference in quality. And Toyota does these things where it's just out of left field. Those be like, you know, we're gonna make good stuff again. Let's go make some cool things, boys. <laughs> you know that Yaris? Yeah, a pretty good car. Yeah. Well, we just kind of. Th- Threw away all of it and then put a carbon roof on it and then made a homologation three-cylinder turbo engine and then put floating rotors in Brembo's on every corner, put forged 18-inch wheels, R-compound tires, lightened the interior, well, you remember, lowered the roof line. Did I ever tell you about what Akio Toyota did when he first took the helm of Toyota? Was it the Harley-Davidson? No, that was, uh, that was uh, Honda. But mm. no... Um, Akio Toyota took his 1981 Corolla sedan and had every single person in the engineering and marketing department drive that car. Okay. And he goes, this is what we're making. We are aiming for this. This was our peak. Was the E70 Corolla. And I, I agree. <laughs> but, um, Surprising yeah, absolutely right. nobody. But he had everybody drive it. And he goes, this is... This is our DNA. We need to make something that is a progression of this. Mm-hmm. And that's why all their cars are turning I great mean, again. It's pretty clear when they show you know, the juxtaposition of those next to it. And they, they reference like the Celica All-Track and yes, things like that. exactly. Like, like, the last time Toyota made an all-wheel drive car was the Celica GT4. Oh, my God. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because like... The Venza doesn't count. Well, the Venza is a crossover. Also, the Venza is... The coolest crossover. But anyway. I saw a ZDX the other day. Do you remember those? Oh, yeah, yeah. I got stuck in the back of one. What a weird vehicle. I got stuck in the back of one of those at the auto show. Oh, no. Because I was trying to get out, but I didn't want to bend my back because I slept weird that night. I kept hitting my head trying to get Yeah, so I did a trick. Trigger to get on the other side, hold my back while I inch myself out. <laughs> it does have a pretty atrocious C pillar. God, they hate that car. It's, a, it's just an Accura cross tour with you a can opener on the front. You know, what and... I, you know what I saw actually last? No, it was two days ago. What? I saw a modern Acura. I didn't know what it was. I was just like, I don't know what Acura is. It's just it's an Acura. Like I saw a late model TL with like an architect <laughs> driving it. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's just yes. If if you told me that nobody would care about Acura in 2020, yeah, when we were in high school and yeah. everybody would be about Toyota, I'd be a thrilled and b shocked, and c probably not going to believe it. Yeah, I'm not going to believe it. But I mean, like, let's say assuming I believe it, like I'd be thrilled and shocked. I but, I wish I had any reason. Like I, these probably aren't sold here. In fact, I know they're not sold here. But if they were. 
like I, I think I would find a reason to buy one. Yeah, it's one of those cars. Like, you could, well, they're giving us this engine, the Corolla. We're getting the three-cylinder turbo in the Corolla? I think so. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so they are giving us a, a turbo Corolla. What you mean? I already recommend that car like yes. crazy. That, Whatever. that should be on our splash screen, the yes, Corolla hatch. Yeah. Uh, I, but, I saw one of those in that blue the other day. I'm like, oh, I bet that's a sick car. It's a great car. Oh, it's, it's so good. Well, I, well, Randy had the automatic one. Even with an automatic, it was good. It was really good. It's one of those things I browbeat somebody to the car, and then when they need to settle on the automatic in the last minute, I'm like, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's fine. Like, you just, they, they oh, I didn't even think about that. I recommended a Mazda 3 Touring 2.5 six-speed to somebody yesterday. I should probably recommend the Corolla hatch. Yeah, it would say only the XRS. Specifically that engine, because that's a different engine. It's the 2.4 non-turbo. Yeah, I think you need to do that to get the six-speed. Yeah. Yeah. So the XRS. So I, you should all, you should message him back and say. But I think the the Mazda three touring has been around a lot longer, so you can get a really good deal on a used. Yeah, one. you can get a used one for a lot a lot cheaper. There's so, a reason I bought a Fiat, and not a Corolla, as I was looking yeah. at them, and the Corolla is just like it was a hundred dollars more a month, and it's just it didn't make sense at that point. Mm, in time. No, it's not. Well, I mean, it's it's a way different car. Well, it is a way. It's a way different car. No, you're right. For anybody else, but I'm like just hella frugal. So no, for sure. I mean, um, I'm the same way. Yeah, doesn't seem like it. I know. Well, I mean, that's the thing is that. But you, I've got a six hundred dollar E forty six over there. So all your cars are very nice and very cheap. You're very frugal. It's like uh -huh. me with all my with my collection of Japanese crap. Like it's. You bet your ass. This was all the cheapest possible way to get into these cars. I'm just gonna add up how much money I spent buying all my cars real quick. So two thousand, two thousand, one thousand. 800. I spent less than $8,000 on all my cars. Every one of my cars. I'm less than eight grand in. I am trying to think of the cars that I own currently that I've spent less than that on. Brexit, 325 IS. That E46 XI. That's yeah. it. Well, that's the thing is... Oh, the M3. The E36. But if I were to sell all my cars... Oh, and the E46. If I were to sell all my cars... Yeah. I may get probably 12 grand back from... Right. Yeah. So it's like... I, You're currently doing... Up, right side up. What right. I did in 2012, which yeah. is just like... I'm just like one at a time. You're just changing them out to nicer cars. And eventually, you're going to end up with the same number of cars, but they're all going to be freaking mint. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. <clears throat> I, and I'm, it works really well. I highly recommend it. I, I plan on probably keeping either the Civic or the Cresta. Those are the two that I really like. I haven't. So, I, I've never seen the Civic up close before. So. It's, it's, I just really like the Civic because it's the EF that I got for like way less than they sell for. And like right now. And That'll be the thing. that if, The longer you keep it, the better off you'll be. In its current not running condition, it's yeah. worth as much as I bought it for running. So... It wouldn't surprise me if it's even more than that. It's it's actually worth probably about seven hundred dollars more right now. So, which is about half the value. <laughs> but anyway, uh, if you have the means of picking up a GR Yaris wherever you live, just do that because you could drive it for ten years, It'd put as many miles as you want on it, and it will be worth more at the end. Yeah, that that's actually a top tip. Also, another thing, I like how it has a Sienna front end. It does. It's um, straight up just got a C on the front end. I'm a fan of that. They, they, they had to shape it that way because it was the only way to fit the cooling package in that in Perfect. that chassis. Yeah, and the, good. the functional brake ducts are also there. Also, I really like that. Another thing that I love about Toyota is that their minivan is like 
legitimately a Halo car. <laughs> like it's not like it happens to be their best car, but it's like actually up there for one of their best cars that they've ever made. So it's very, very cool. I saw a Sienna with a side exhaust, straight piped the other day. Right. All right. I'm just like, what am I hearing? <laughs> and I look over and there's just like a bendy exhaust pipe and a tip in front of the rear left wheel on the Sienna with a, a 2GR in it. I'm like, <laughs> that would probably humiliate a lot of cars. Yeah, that would actually be a legitimately quick vehicle. I love that. It's super weird. So, so I want to go back and talk about, again, another Toyota, actually. Okay. Um, <laughs> Toyota special. Yeah, it's a Toyota special. Um, so, it really is. Yeah, at work, we had a question of the week that popped up. And that was, what is the most endearing quirk on a classic car? And I'm not. I'm just gonna expand it past classics, just kind of like older cars. So, what would you consider is the most endearing quirk? And while you're thinking about this, I will give you Sorry. my quirk. And my favorite quirk I've seen, I actually have a picture of it, would this? be yes. Okay. On the what the hell. <laughs> Sorry, this is Ryan's picture. It's a broken Google robot. Can you look up a 1997 Toyota RAV4 two-door rear mud flaps? It's the rear mud flap on, a nine, on the first-generation RAV4 two-door. Because uh. instead of rerouting the exhaust or like making a different muffler for the cars that have mud flaps, um, not do they really not have pictures of it? Scroll down. There may be. Ah. Oh. Damn it, that car has the mud flap, but you can't see what's endearing about it. <laughs> anyway, so... These were sold as manual, too, by the way. Oh, perfect. Maybe you can just t- type in RAV4 two-door and just scroll through, and you'll eventually find it. This is fascinating radio. fascinating radio. But anyway, on the first-generation RAV4 two-door, instead of making a different muffler they just cut a hole through the mud flap oh there it is right there inadvertently you found it thing i clicked on right there they cut a hole through the mud flap for the muffler to go through and i love that so much i clicked on this photo to make it larger and it made it smaller so i'm going back to this yeah this is fine but i love that look how great that looks there's a hole through a mud flap i think it's so cool and it's just like it's so dumb and toyota obviously had the money to do something different but they chose not to they just decided this is the best route and I think it looks cool as hell. And this is one of my favorite weird little quirks I've ever seen. I'm like an, just like an older car. So it's something that they like engineered around? Yeah. Instead of like just making a different muffler, which is like the way like anybody else in the world would have done it. Toyota's just like, you know what? Well, you might get the tow bar or the trailer hitch from the factory that would also block the exhaust or like do a bend down muffler, like exhaust tip. No, they just had the exhaust go out the back and they cut a hole through the muffler. I think There's it was so cool. Any number of ways to handle that problem. Yeah, yes, I know. They, and they, they decided it, to do that. They like, did it differently. <laughs> it's just so, it's a, the weirdest quirk, and I love that so much. Sorry, I'm stalling because I'm actually looking for a photo of the thing that I'm going to say. And not, mine is from the 90s because that's what I'm a product of. Yeah. Well, I'm a, I like the mm. 80s stuff, but like this is just a newer thing that I loved. I mean, also another good one if you want to get like brand new cars, uh, the Mitsubishi Mirage having the same door handle on every door. That even the hatch, yeah, yeah, even the hatch. I love that so much. It's just great engineering. I think like that's the thing that's like really endearing about Quirk is like the weird engineering fix that they did instead of like what seems logical. Like it doesn't seem logical, but like when you think about it, like a massive scale, it seems logical. I actually like that. 
Here, I actually found an excellent photo of this. So, the 1993 mm -hmm. to 1995 V8 E34. Okay. Look at where the brake booster is in this engine bay. Way up front. Yep. So, it's right behind the headlight on the driver's side. Yeah. So, there is an integral triple pivot mechanism <laughs> that goes from the firewall <laughs> into a pivot, down onto the frame rail, on the frame rail, up from the frame rail behind the master cylinder and booster and then actuates it up front i've actually That's got hilarious. one of these in blubski to make it fit and it's a really really common thing that people put in a bunch of cars that their v8 swapping where it just doesn't fit that's awesome <laughs> because that bmw is, is like well we really want to put the 7 series engine in our 5 series but we're not redesigning it until next year so how do we do that so like, the 5 series the normal 5 series has it up against the it's firewall. right on the firewall <laughs> yep Yep, but the 530, 540, they all have the booster and master way up front, and you cannot work on shit in these cars because it's that. so tight. I love that. But See, <clears throat> that's a great quirk. That's what I'm talking about. It seems like it's the dumbest fix, but then when you think about it at scale, it, like, works it makes fine. perfect sense. I sold a lot of those when I ran recycled BMWs because a lot of people were swapping engines. That's great. So uh, that's going to be my off-the-cuff quirk. I'm sure there's a bunch of older stuff. That that's is just a like, really, really good one. Huh. It's like I had to actually had to think about it on mine because like there's a lot of like cars that I've I've had but like they were just like designed super well so they didn't have those weird quirks. Like, right. EFs don't really have a lot of quirks. Right. They're just like a perfect car. Um, and then like simply with like Fiat 500s, I can't think of any like weird quirks that they have. Just yeah, I mean it's just Italian stuff. It's that's just, just how like, all the Italian cars like if are. it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Like that's the way it is in the Italian. I car. sit like I am in a bread van. I'm like yeah, it's an Italian car. Yeah, it's an Italian car. <laughs> like that's how it works. Like, but like. What I like about these quirks is, like, there's an engineer who has to go, all right, I need to figure out how this is going to work. I need to do this for the least amount of money possible. Mm -hmm. And then they do that. <laughs> it's just, like, some of these things, like... <laughs> well, that's a dumb idea. Yeah, but did it work? Well, yeah. Well, yeah. And yeah. Then, like, with some of these quirks, like, <laughs> you know, sometimes there are ones that, like, actually affect your driving experience. But in this case, like, with both of ours, they're not anything that affects no, your driving. You never know. It's just something, like... When you look at the car, you go, wait, what the hell? Like, huh. that's one of my favorite things is when you look at a car and you go, what is this for? Why is this like this? And then you're like, this all makes sense. Like, and our one is Subaru for the longest time had their spare tire under the hood. Mm -hmm. That was, yeah, it was like a French car. Yeah. And the reason was because before they were all-wheel drive, they were front-wheel drive. And they put every piece of weight they possibly could over the front wheels to give them better traction in snow. Sure. And it's just, like, weird quirks like that. And when you look at it on, like, a 1994 Subaru Loyale, it doesn't make any sense. But, like... Loyale with cheese. If you look at a 1968 Subaru FF1, you go, oh, that's interesting. That's really... That's kind of a cool thing. If you understand the reasoning behind it, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. But, like, these weird quirks. Like, that's what, like... Oh, I thought of another one that's What's really that? late What's model. Uh, I don't know if it's a good quirk, but it's something that just you would never think. So the B8 Audi... Okay. A4. Yeah. The S4 variant of that car. Yes. The manual transmission versions for sure, maybe even the double clutch. The engine was as far back as they could put it yeah. in that car. And right behind the back of the block, the front axles come through into mm -hmm. the diff. But in order to get the clutch and flywheel on there, it bolts on to the back of the engine on the back of the crank. Then it like slims down like a push pin, and then it flares out again to full size, so six inches further back. Like mm -hmm. Coke bottle. And then the flywheel sure. and clutch set are back there. 
So weird. Yeah, it's like that's uh, super it's weird. like a cable spool essentially is what it looks like. That's so weird. Also, another good one. Um, <clears throat> the uh, Sunbeam Alpine. Mm-hmm. They the early ones. Yeah. They actually had access ports behind the carpet inside the car, so you can get at the back two spark plugs in the V8s. That's awesome. Like, just weird. Why engine. does shit like that not exist? Well, it's like because you literally would have to drop the engine out of the car. Yeah, but yeah. modern times would be like, yeah, so you have to drop the engine out. Big deal. Yeah, like they just design it. So like, you no, 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 no. This no, engine no. stays in the car. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so if you're Toyota, fine, because you just don't ever change the plugs, and it's yeah, somehow okay. Yeah, that car will be perfectly fine. You might have a, a stumble on a cold start on a humid, cold day. Dude, I've yet. I've pulled original plugs out of BMWs, Iridiums, at 168k, and the engine's still running. Wow, that's amazing. I'm just like, okay, yeah, I mean, that that would outlast some people's ownership of a car. Any Volkswagen product. Yeah, well, yeah just throw <laughs> iridiums in a VW, you're done. Yeah, you're never going to need to touch them because the car but won't I'm last that like, long. Wow. That's amazing. I was very impressed by that. So, yeah, I think cool engineering quirks like that. And I think another thing that's, like, really important about these quirks and why, like, I actually think that these are... Engineering quirks are the most important thing mm-hmm. of cool cars is... Oh, I'm sorry. That's why a lot of car enthusiasts find cars cool, like, is because of those weird little things. And because like, a lot of people wouldn't care about them if it wasn't for the fact that they're all different. Oh, I just, oh, sorry, I had a Google ad. I was going to try to show you the ECS. Oh, yeah, look at that. It looks super weird. Yeah. Yeah, it's the weirdest looking clutch I've ever seen in my life. Uh, yeah, the, the flywheel's just crazy. So. That's the, so wild. That's a B8S4 flywheel. That is so weird. Mm hmm. That's dumb, that is that is engineering dude. around a problem right there. Yeah, it was exactly brought to you by the is. people that bring you the 911. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell it's the same company. Yeah. <laughs> well, you really can. Look how many bolts are required to put a flywheel on the engine. <laughs> 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. And that doesn't include what you have to remove to get to said flywheel. Correct. That also is, doesn't include the clutch kit bolts. That, that is literally just holding the flywheel in place. That mm-hmm. is unbelievable. <laughs> well, there you go. So, yeah, I think, I think our top tip to why people are into cars are because... Of the quirks. That's what makes them so exciting. Like, that's, a, that's the only reason we look at cars at car shows. Yeah, like, every one of my cars I own other than my EF. Well, I guess my EF. It's got the in, the double wishbone rear suspension. There's always some weird interest, engineering thing they do on every car that we like. Mm-hmm. I think that's the key to making a good car. I think so, too. Because my Subaru is a weird spare tire. I get the double wishbone suspension. Cresta has the Supra everything into a normal grandpa car, which is hilarious. I have a manual transmission in a tiny minivan. Um, my two Accords have flip-up headlights, and the Fiat is a, it's, it's a tiny turbocharged hatchback. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, it's, it, that's like a modification of a modification, but the reason the 500T exists is because that was when they were in the process of migrating all of the powertrains to a Turbo 1.4 because yeah. it was cheaper to do it that way. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but, like, it doesn't have the, like, the later 500 cars, you have to run 15-inch or bigger wheels because they have the Abarth brakes. They are Abarths. Yeah. But, like, this one is legit a sport that it's they just, just put sport. the 140T into. Yeah, it's a great car. Like, so it's, 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 it's very interesting. I think with every one of your cars, too, you've had something weird. Like, the 1M is... They're a, not normal. That's a parts bin car. In fact, yeah. when I go into a DMV eventually someday, that, that's going to be my license plate I picked. It's going to be parts bin. bin. That's a great name. Um, <clears throat> 5 Series, we already talked about. And then yeah. your, your E46 is... Yeah, we'll talk about the XI next episode, but 
Like the the M3 is an it's a Jamaican press car. Like it's super cool. It's really weird. It's got uh, it's got a history. Like every car's got like a weird thing. And the 1602 <laughs> is super low production number. You have the Z8, mm-hmm. which is a Bond car, mm-hmm. which is enough the enough said right there. You have the 12 cylinder Mercedes with the reciprocating ball steering oh, system. Oh, so good. Your five series is reciprocating ball steering. It is. Although I, I will say like the, that M5. I don't know if it's just like that one happens to be that type, but like that has such great steering. Well, the thing is, they actually are really great. Like you wouldn't know that. Like. I, I yeah, if you told me the M5 had a rack and then I only drove that car, I'd be like, wow, this is great. But like the 850 has, and it sucks. <laughs> <clears throat> on I was help, I was doing my mother's EGR valve on her uh, three series wagon, yeah. the diesel. Uh, and my dad came down too, and on his way out, he went downstairs, and you know, boomers, they ask Alexa stupid things. Yeah. It's like Alexa is the Z8 the best BMW ever, and she said yes, and then supported it with evidence. There you go. That's the thing. It's actually the best BMW. I'm just like, she qualified it with the best BMW of the 21st century, but I'm like, that's fair. Yeah, that's I'm also fair. impressed that you responded to a boomer with, I'm sorry, <laughs> I don't know, or something other than that. <laughs> anyway. So there you go. That, that's our top tip. It's the quirks that make the car. And on that glorious, fruity nutshell, we will catch you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, Twitch viewers, stick around. We will be doing episode 193 shortly. That's okay. Nobody's perfect.